and welcome to the latest issue of the Three O Geeks podcast. I am joined once again by the usual cast of characters and uh, a glutton for punishment. First of all, the keeper of the inner sanctum, always the contrarian, sometimes the ruinator, and the numbers guy, Keith of Keith Comics. Keith, how are you? I'm doing all right on this rainy Sunday, and uh, he's not a glutton for punishment. He's just chained to the table here. He'll be here every week. <laughs> And of course, the uh, man with holes in all of his, well, in some of his collections we've established, uh, but he's always wrong. Just start the man with holes. i got to drop that because that's just getting too nasty. Uh, <laughs> the clown prince of collecting, the pictures guy in the dirty old gig. Brian needs one. Brian, how are you? You know what? I'm wonderful this week. I'm wonderful. You look wonderful. I'm happy I, I and I'm that excited. You've got, a, you've got a snot-colored clown car in your parking spot. So. Uh, yeah. That's the new car. Wow. Yes. So I'm happy. I'm full of love for uh, man and beast. It's all about love. That's what I'm full of. Shut up, Keith. All right. Well, if you didn't learn any better from last week, he's back again. And we have Dennis joining us again. Dennis, how are you? I am good. And obviously, I did not learn from last week since I am back. So (laughs) I'm regretting it right off the start. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Oh, it'll come. Well, I'm, of course, is uh, am the long-suffering World's Oldest Kid sidekick. My name is Lance. I am the words guy. And gentlemen, your head and your body are going to need separate maintenance when we get done with this. <laughs> and welcome to another issue. Brian, do you have any uh, momentous or innocuous... So you know, uh, popping out like crazy. Uh, <laughs> popping about like, like the Octomom. <laughs> um, oh, I just found my pop culture moment. Uh, there, you know what? This is where we're at in the world of comic book news. Is the new Harry Potter series? There's a Harry Potter comic book? On, uh, no, on uh, HBO Max. Oh, okay. Or as Max, as it's now called. So the new Harry Potter series coming to Max. Uh, We'll explore the books more deeply, which is very exciting. Uh, They haven't hired a writer. (laughs) they, they They haven't hired a writer yet. They haven't casted it. They have done, and the writers are on strike, so they can't hire a writer for it. Yeah, uh, and the actors are on strike, so they can't film it. And so oh, all they're doing perfect. is announcing a series that's coming eventually in three years. That's where we're at as far as is coming. But the interesting thing, <clears throat> uh, Bill Willingham, okay, creator of Fables, yep, uh, announced that all his characters are public domain. Anybody can use it. So we're writing a story? So, yeah, we're going to write a, a Fables movie now. Uh, but DC has now countered and said, no, we own them. Because they have the publishing rights. Apparently. Okay. This is going to get ugly. Uh, as the Fable series was very uh, popular. Yeah, it was pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, and it can now go to any to any uh, publisher. Every publisher is going to have their own Every favorite. publisher is going to be using these characters. Um, once it gets solved. But it does bring up an interesting uh, point. Can he do that? He seems to own the characters outright. That's his gig. DC owns the publishing. It, it's going to get sticky. 
Um, but he did it to fuck DC. There is no way that this will not end up in court. Oh, God, no. This is already going. Uh, which is why I said that any uh, publisher can do it. None will until it gets solved. Uh, the other one is, and this confused me. There's going to be a new Star Wars Visions exploring the Ronin's past. A bit. Okay. Well, they did a book. Uh, we're talking about the Ronin from the first. Yeah, they did a book already. Uh, but they say Star Wars Visions number one. I don't know if that was like an old story that they just somebody actually just put on the website. I, I can't. I don't know. But it appears that there's another one coming out, and huh. that's a character worth exploring. Yeah. I am. A, a, I've been meaning to read that book. I just haven't got a chance. Yeah, it uh, it's good. I'm sure everybody will be surprised, but there are. Uh, though many, many people passed, and we uh, have moments of silence for all of them, and uh, and our condolences go out to the families, there was none of note for us this week. So you left your scythe at home, Mr. Reaper? I did. I did. Oh, you know you He's enjoyed it. He's just not the, celebrating us this week. The, the death dedications. <laughs> you know you like them. Your definition of like and my definition of like are way on different ends of the parabola here. You need to do the Casey Casey voice from now on when you do it. All right, for this edition of the world famous, and I have the data to prove it, Three Old Geeks world famous top three list. With an extra five minutes on the timer to accommodate for Dennis. Gentlemen, what are your top, and this is open for interpretation, what are your top three most impactful pop culture moments or or pop culture moments that had an impact on culture. Or you. Yeah. And go! Okay, so uh, number three for me would be the uh, finding of the Titanic. Because uh, they made that movie. No, no. When I was little, uh, the, ti- the mystery of the Titanic was... I loved the mystery of the Titanic. I don't know why, but that captured me when I was... Uh, but a lad, a lad. Uh, but a lad, uh, a lad of perhaps five or six, wow. wondering where uh, 1,500 bodies would go in the water, knowing that they were nibbled by fishes, uh, intrigued me. But when they actually found it, that was just, that was fucking huge. And then the story around it, and then the movie, and then I had the movie, and I would just fast forward to where the ship was sinking. I skipped all of the love story bullshit and just went to where the ship you was sinking. You stopped for the news, didn't you? I did. I did. Paint me like your French girls. So you saw Neo. the best part of the movie. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Paint me like your French girls. <laughs> oh, and the throwing of the rock because that selfish, narcissistic bitch, Grandma. Ah, it's okay. Her daughter, granddaughter didn't need money. Her granddaughter was hot. Dennis, what is one of your top three pop cultural impacts? Okay. My number uh, Let's go with Doctor Who. Who? For me. Stop it. Um, Which one? All of them. I mean, oh. for me, the first one I ever saw was Tom Baker. Yes. It's a lot um, of people's first. Yes. And then I kind of went backwards watching all of them. From there on out, even New Who is okay. It stumbled here and there, but you have some most iconic villains. You have the Daleks, Cybermen. I always thought the Cybermen were stupid, but the somehow master. they made them cool. The Master. I thought that the, they finally made the Cybermen cool in like the Tenet era. Myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. The Weeping Angels. But I love the, the I didn't master. I like the angel. Oh, okay, I like the first, first angel. And then they yeah. kind of just then drove him into it. the ground. Yeah. Then they oh, overused him. Blink was probably That's... one of the best episodes of TV. Yes. Yeah. yeah. TV. Oh, yeah. No, Sci fi TV, it, it blows everything away. Oh, it was yeah. It's just so well done. Yeah. That was yeah. Moffat who went, oh, I made these cool things. I'm going to use them again and again uh-huh. and again. Yeah. Just and then it what more water turned the Statue of Liberty into an angel. Yeah, they could shut up. That was just stupid. Uh, but to think it was just a show that was made to teach kids about history, and then it just snowballed into nothing to do with history. No, <laughs> no, 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 it didn't. And then it snowballed into what probably one of the longest running sci fi shows ever. It is absolutely, I mean, yeah, there's a hiatus between a few dot between uh, shit, the last doctor, um, Colin, no, Colin Baker, no, um. Oh no! Ace was his companion. Yes, no, I know exactly who uh, you're talking about. Um, whoever he is, he's going to be here. He's here in Chicago this year. Is he? Yeah, at the uh, Chicago McGann? Tardis. Not, McGann? No, not no, McGann. McGann, McGann was, was the movie. McGann was he was the movie. movie. He was the movie. All right. Um, he was the one um, shot. Yeah. Well, Sylvester pop. McCoy. Thank you. You said yes. you started asking. I'm like, that's it. So yeah. So that yeah. And then yeah. So for me, like, Doctor Who. Okay, All right, Keith. It. What about you? Uh... This was impactful. It started a movement that happened for a while. Uh, December 20th, 2002 is when the first episode of, well, not the pilot, the first episode of Firefly came on. Ah! And it, it took everyone by storm, and people still bitch about it being canceled. So it, it was one of those things that I think showed a little show could. You're wearing a shirt, too. Look at that. Let's be bad guys. Uh, I'm glad we ended up watching it all. For the for I was yeah, I yeah. was uh, pleasantly surprised yeah. at how good that was. And it spawned a movie that no one went to see because you know it didn't. It you had to see the show, much like Ahsoka. I had to see the show to understand all the intricacies. Otherwise, it was kind of it would be kind of a mediocre movie. All right, well, mine are all things that actually had that pop culture influenced on normal culture. Oh. And my first one is a minor one, but it's the one that immediately jumped to mind when you p- published this uh, this subject, Brian. And that is a little movie called It Happened One Night. It's got Clark Gable in it. And in one scene, they show Clark Gable dressing for bed. And he takes off his necktie, and he takes off his shirt, and he is not wearing an undershirt. And as rumor has it, the fact that Clark Gable was not wearing an undershirt killed the undershirt industry. Wow. Yeah. So the sales of undershirts after this movie came out, and this was, I believe, the 30s, uh, plummeted. (laughs) Wow. Holy shit. I thought that was... Uh, I, I remember reading that somewhere way back in the day, and I always thought that was interesting. This is a really cool one. I know. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so number two for me. Yeah. I think is, and it it was interesting, um, because (coughs) it is the mother of all conspiracy theories, and then that is the Zapruder film. Okay. Um, Which did not come out for many, many years after uh, his death. I don't believe it came out until the 70s. Uh, that people actually saw it, but to to see to actually see to witness 
uh, a president um, be assassinated was uh, stunning. And then how everything just snowballed, (laughs) made my childhood and teenage years. I was really a warped fucking kid, man. You're just there was figuring just that out whole, now? Holy shit. What do you mean was? <laughs> yeah, because I remember looking at my mom and going, how could you guys not watch that and go? And she was like, Brian, nobody saw it. It's not yeah. like... It was on TV. Yeah, it's not like they had it on TV all the time. We didn't see it until the 70s. And I was like, wow, you guys are slow. And there are sometimes when you and Dr. Rich are are so brothers and you just sounded exactly like <laughs> right there. All right, Dennis, what is your number two uh, impactful pop culture tidbit? So I am switching over to movies for a minute. For all of pop culture, I'm going to go with Terminator franchise. Like you, you and I were talking about this oh, Thursday, yeah. how it was probably one of the first big budget movies to involve AI going rogue and killing the entire planet. And using this the, the uh-huh. computer generated too. The, yeah. The, the... From T2 to the original T-1000. Terminator. And all of them. Yeah. Though you could argue that Hal did it. Well, I, he said that I, I too, did, but I that's a that. smaller scale. I did that. I, I, like, I'm yeing yeah. like global. Global wiping out the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went Hal too, and he's like, "Well, I'm talking about I'm the world." I'm counting down the days when this chat thing, that's chat GBT, chat GBT figures out that humanity is just a virus, like in the Matrix, and just fucking. I, no, I like I like that T2 went with the whole world, and though Hal was boring as shit when I was a kid, getting older he gets really chilling. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this oh. age now, I'm like, oh, that was it's really creepy. Yeah. That Not that be, I'm a huge Scooby fan. It could be fan. Alexa or Siri or something. Yeah. Oh, yes. Holy shit. Hell, play. No. Die. I don't think you need to hear that, Brian. Brian. When your you re- Alexa hears that, you're like, Do you oh, realize shit. this will be the last song you ever hear, Brian? <laughs> Why, Brian, that wasn't what you wrote down for the last song you ever wanted to hear. Why are you playing? <laughs> Okay. Keith, what do you got? Uh, okay, I'm now I'm going to March 13th, 1973. Yeah, this had a big impact in the culture I was already part of and will forever be part of. And uh, it really was one of the things that, like, actually people, for a comic book, imp- imp- it impacted people. People cried. It's when they killed Gwen Stacy. That's, oh, that's, mm. that, that, that's, that's, people cried? Yes. Yes, they did. I was one of them! <laughs> it's not like that Robin Name fuck. Three. <laughs> <laughs> not like that Robin fuck. I clapped then. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was as far as like the death of a major character, that it, had to be one, if not was, the first, one of the first. Yeah. And it lasted, well... <laughs> until until we got multiple multiple universes and then we uh what always confused me about that was they always said when green goblin killed gwen stacy and i always looked at it and went spider-man that, killed that, her. that's mm-hmm. a horrible yeah yeah spider-man that's killed a, her that's the weirdest part about it all yeah he it was Spider-Man. It was a stop. It wasn't yeah, the wasn't, killers. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't knocking her off the pylon. <laughs> it was trying to save her. Yeah. 
And, and that was like one of the biggest. You know, that was huge. Some people caught that then too, and they're like, "Oh my God, she died because yes." And I, I didn't catch it first time, and then I looked at it. Oh shit! Yeah, she. But she, thank God it happened, because then we got Mary Jane. Well, we had Mary Jane before that, but you know, it, came, it moved her out of the way before Mary Jane moved in. Thank God, because then we wouldn't have gotten a uh, brand new day. Oh fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my number one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you, All right, what do you uh, I am going to go with the craze Bat of Rock? Batman 66. <laughs> and how, uh, A, everybody wanted to be on it. It was the number one show amongst college kids. And uh, drove people who hadn't read comics in a while to start picking up a uh, this was one of the reasons that the you know, one of the reasons that the Silver Age became the Silver Age was because this this wacky TV show uh, drew drove college age guys to go back and read comic books and stuff like that. And the comic books they the comic books be correct me if I'm wrong became campier, okay, sillier. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And it wasn't until O'Neill and 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 uh, seventy or sixty nine and Adams, yeah, and Adams and Marshall Rogers and all those yeah, guys yeah. came along and t- turned the Dark Knight back into the Dark Knight. Yeah. It, this was, you know, the Dick Sprang, oh, the Wacky Joe, the finest, all that shit. Oh, was it was good. a lot of fun, fun, go go checks stories. and the whole thing. Bat yeah. Night. we had Batman. Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> of that. Uh, we got Batgirl from it. Uh, yes, we, we got did. Eartha Kitt and Julie Newmar. Thank God, and to a lesser degree. Uh, Louis Merriweather. Yeah. yeah. Just a movie, but yeah. But we got Eartha Kitt and Julie Numar. <laughs> All right, Brian, what is your number one impactful pop culture moment? Uh, for me, uh, and this was actually, um, God, this is one of those devastating moments that just wouldn't quit at the time, was Jim Henson's death. He's that dead? Was... No, just kidding. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You weren't doing the what? death notices then, were you? <laughs> yeah. You weren't the Grim Reaper. Oh my God, they still have Kermit. Uh, to see the the amount of artwork that came out, and and that was um, it was the first time I had seen an outpouring like that. But uh, there was one with um, Mickey Mouse and Disney, or Mickey Mouse and uh, Kermit, would, hugging each other. Yeah. Uh, there was there was just. A ton of artwork at the time, and then Jim Henson dying was Henson's dead. I, I couldn't. I loved the Muppets. I loved Dark Crystal. I loved all that shit, and and then all of a sudden he was just gone, um, and so young, and then all the artwork, and and it just kept coming. For me, that was huge. It was huge. It's a few celebrity deaths really impact me that way, and that was one of them. All right, Dennis, what is your number one? All right, for my number one, it might be too vague, but I don't know. But I might. <laughs> oh, too vague. Oh, no. You got me I, over Yes, because there's it's... rules to these things. <laughs> so I am going to Lance and Dr. Rich this whole oh. because I can't decide. I'm going to go with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Just those two guys, huh? Well, get together. That, and that's all, a party I can, that's and... all I can think of. Well, not all I can think of, but. They did Star Wars, them. they did Star Trek, or uh, uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Oh, I was going to say, you almost got shot. I know, I know. Uh, Jurassic Park. 
You know what? They gave us some of the um, finest movies, I, I think, in geekdom ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct me if would you say that they gave uh, genre films, like, yes, well, cachet? You know, like, yeah. like yes. they, Jaws was the first summer hit. Right, yeah. and it was basically a cheesy. It was a cheesy yeah. horror. It, it, movie. No one it, it, thought about putting movies out in the summer because that's uh-huh. when everyone was off school. That movie no coined the term blockbuster. You said that movie coined the term blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, and then he just kept churning them out. Yeah. Uh, and when Lucas and Spielberg got together and did Indiana Jones, that oh was yeah. just revelatory, um, and and brought a level of cheese to the world of cinema in just the knockoffs that came. Mm-hmm. But how wonderful! How wonderful were the it was a, a tribute to the serials. Yes. Back in the 30s, um, 40s. Even going back to American Graffiti, because I would not have watched that had I not seen Star Wars. Had yeah. that not impacted me, I wouldn't have gone back and watched that film. And how, I mean, and I know that, you know, if you're a film off or something, how many people can, na- you know, name three movies that Billy Wilder made or or Hawks or you know all these other great directors and how many can name every single movie that either Steven Spielberg or George Lucas made bring it up to to today Schumacher yeah you know I can name a couple that I hate but yeah one that that was good but you know uh, you know it's funny I was like Joe Dante no I could do that Uh, well yeah Richard Donner no I could do that (laughs) Tarantino's and a lot can name Nolan's and there's, there's guys who now you have those guys but these guys were the ones that everyone took note, and all of a sudden you got to watch movies by mm-hmm. them. You know what? There was nothing that Steven Spielberg couldn't make great. Yes, I mean no, no particular genre. That well, he no, couldn't. and there's and 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 the guys that I'm saying like Howard Hawks and and Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder made comedies. He made war films. He made mysteries. He made musicals. Musicals. There are directors nowadays are you're a horror guy, you're a yes. science fiction guy, you're a uh Craven, yeah. you're a genre guy. You're a yeah. genre guy. Pretty much, yeah. Those two guys are the only the, the and I actually Lucas to lesser degree, but Steven Spielberg is one of the only guys that can do whatever he wants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well and yeah. and is good at it, you know. To talk about the impact that Lucas had on the film industry as a whole and how he drove movie making, the technique of movie making forward. That plus uh, all the trinkets that are that go with every movie. I mean, like bef- you know, before that was there was not you know you did not have to have a line of action figures to go with the latest summer release. Right before mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, I mean, this guy but, made the blueprint I, for that. You know, what it was interesting. Uh, they were talking about just uh, with model work, how it was the model that had to move prior to George Lucas, and George Lucas figured out a way to make the camera move around the model to make it look, to bring that shot to life. Um, the editing software that he created is the editing software that's most used in movies today. Yeah, uh, He created the foundation for what became Pixar. That's what he had to sell in the divorce. Basically um, created ILM too. He created ILM. Uh, just. Let's not forget Jar Jar Binks. He created Jar Jar Binks. Motherfucker. No, but, but it was... It was <laughs> okay, that ended it. It was a motion-captured character. So, <laughs> All right, yes. we got two minutes left for Keith's and mine. Keith, okay. what's your number one? Uh, I'll go my... My number one is from 1938. It's the reason we have superheroes. It is the introduction to Superman in the comics. It, it, it 
basically their, their book was selling millions of copies a month. Millions. And it, it influenced everything. We wouldn't have the Marvel Universe. We wouldn't have anything if that didn't come out. Now, I'm not a Superman guy, but you got to respect... It's he who came yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Started it all. Well, no, and that... And, and, the first character, pure character, and you can make the argument like Doc Savage, maybe, but the first yeah. character that was a true, uh, a superhero with superpowers. Yeah. He was not a costume mystery man, and you know, with a, c- a couple of automatics or the whatever. Shadow. The Shadow. Yeah, he was not the. Yeah. No. Or Phantom or any yeah, yeah. those guys. Yeah. Right. Okay, what's your number one? My number one uh, is Star Trek. Because I do not think we would be sitting here having this conversation, re- conversation recording it. Because Star Trek, to me, is the first one with geeks, with rabid fandom, with people who wanted to know every detail, who had the first fan mm-hmm. conventions, who had the writing campaign when it got canceled. You know, th- that, I think, is the basis for everything. Like, like everything that Keith sells is based off of the fandom of Star Trek. I think it was the original... the the. It was the original, a bunch of smart, you know, maybe socially awkward people got together and all figured out we all like the same thing, and they formed a community. Well, that spins off into my runner-up really well. My runner-up is from February 2020. It's when Three Old Geeks first Aww. came on the thing. And Keith getting all talk that. Talk about on. a bunch of bunch of geeks you know getting what? together. Wait until there's gonna ten years from now we'll all be dead, but this will be the hottest fucking thing. Yeah. People will be clamoring, and only you're gonna be alive. Yeah, and you're gonna be the one that people seek out, and and that is oh. your penance. <laughs> <laughs> they will bug the shit they out of you. They will bug the shit out of there's you. There's gonna be guys quoting me, standing <laughs> on your lawn, Qu- quoting us. You're so fucked. <laughs> Just throwing out Brian Pope. Nightmare fuel. (laughs) People standing on my lawn shouting, Whore! And you can can just go, Get off my lawn! That was our top three impactful pop culture moments. Hopefully this podcast was one of yours. All right, for this week's edition of Geeksploitation, we watched an all-time classic in 1973's Cleopatra Jones, directed by Jack Starrett, screenplay by Max Julian, there you go, Yep. and Sheldon Keller, and starring Tamara Dobson, the uh, podcast favorite Bernie Casey, the villainous Shelley Winters, and podcast favorite Antonio Fargus, and this is... The black exploitation take on a super spy. She was badass James Bond. I was gonna say it reminded me very much of a James Bond movie. It was where she was a spy, but like James Bond is not a very good spy. Everyone knows who he is, so like everyone knew who she was. But she I always wanted to do a, a story where it was like James Bond, but since everybody knows who James Bond is, like they knew all the super spies, they had a team underneath them that actually did the work. I always like the theory that James Bond is an alias. Yeah, that's, that's why too. there's yes. there's always there's different what, James Bond. Every uh-huh. 007 is James Bond. Names uh-huh. code names James Bond. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I I I've that wanted that theory for a theory. long time. That fucking makes all the sense in the world, though. Well, uh, she is a down to earth super spy, but she works for the federal government. But she works locally 
when she's not doing things internationally. Uh, and she answers to a police sergeant, apparently. I like that she uh, she shot up the guys in the fucking uh, airport, and then the police come, and she just whips out her little yeah. government badge and then puts it away <laughs> and like, walks oh, off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> walks away. It was the 70s, man. And then That's they just the look at the bodies. They're just like, huh, all right. The guys zipping around the fucking <laughs> luggage thing. I thought carousel. That, was, that was a cool bit with her where they're looking for her, and she comes around on the luggage yeah, yeah. carousel or whatever and starts <laughs> kicking their asses. I thought that mm-hmm. was really kind of clever. Everyone in the crowd's like looking, going, like that, and they're just like dumb, like the fuck, where is she? Yeah, <laughs> she was a woman of a thousand hats. <laughs> she did. She did have many, many hats. Uh-huh. Yeah. She, uh, she was not lacking. No, they weren't in very the chapeau control. department. Yeah, I, she, dare I say, she had a mil- milliner. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Dare I say? Dare I say? I think I just said it. You said it. (laughs) Well, it starts off with uh, Cleo overseeing the destruction of a poppy field. Thirty million dollars, which would have been two hundred nine million dollars our time, and that destroys the uh, what she thinks is the influx of heroin. But uh, she runs afoul of Shelley Winters' mommy. Talk about a great fucking villain. Mm-hmm. She was really good. She's You're the only one who understands my. <laughs> All she needed was a mustache for her to twirl. She no, a, she needed a white cat to pet. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. But I did love how, oh, Darlene, you're the only one who understands Bobby. Oh, oh yeah. you don't, Becky. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was fucking great. Well, Mommy calls in her favors with the corrupt cops on the uh, Los Angeles Police Department, and they raid her, uh, I, I guess it would be a uh, community, community yeah. center, you know, community like center or whatever. Like they yeah. uh, bust a guy for uh, heroin, and uh, she... She does not like this and uh, decides to take on Mommy's organization. Yeah. But first she's got to take over Doodlebug. Doodlebug. Uh-huh. Huggy Bear. <laughs> so while this is a classic and all the great um, parodies that came after this. That's right. Uh, the Hollywood Shuffle and uh, the one with the Wayans Brothers. Um, I can't 30... think No. Which one was it? Is it Lowdown, Lowdown well, Dirty Shame? Something like that. That's yeah. right. They say that's right again. <laughs> say that. Say that's right. Well, I forget that was a great line. It was line. a great line. But, um, yeah, they basically, there was a, some some really kind of um, over-the-top, uh, let's call them stereotypes in this one. Yes. Uh, you have uh, Cleo going after the drug dealer Snake and breaking off the high heels on his shoes. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Vargas. Ripping his threads. Antonio Vargas is literally the pimpiest pimp that has ever pimped. He's wearing spats, which I thought was a nice take. Who knows what spats are? Scares me. Right on. The little sleeves that go over your shoes yeah. that keep them from getting dirty? Yeah. Come it's on. It's in Keith. Putting on the Ritz. The song. Like Taco. Uh, and, uh. There are, uh. There, there, you have the, um. Yes, you have Doodlebug. 
as portrayed by Antonio Fargus. And then you have... Pickle. Don't forget Pickle. The Johnson brothers. You had yeah. Pickle, the, oh, yeah. uh, the the henchman. And then you had my two new favorite su- uh, sidekicks, the yeah. Johnson brothers. I love that. One of them was a, the spitting image of um, one of the Wayans brothers. Like, um... Oh, yes! Yeah, yeah. Like, I was sitting there going... That's one of the way that that's got to be like the Whalen's father Dad. or something. Yeah, because like it, it was like, oh my god, the cast in this was unfucking real good. I mean, I'm just um, Esther Roll, who how do we not Esther Roll? She was in this in '72, yeah, and looked exactly the fucking same the rest of her life. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean that. How do they do that shit? Uh. The racist officer Purdy is Bill McKinney, who yes. was one of Clint Eastwood's buddies, yeah, he was and was in a ton of his yeah. movies. He was in Outlaw Josie Wales and a bunch of others. He was the bad guy in Outlaw. He was Red Legs in Outlaw Josie Wales. He always plays a scumbag. Yeah, I don't think he's had many like good heroic roles. roles yeah, no. I'll tell you what. The twist in this one threw me. I was not expecting. Which twist was that, Brian? The twist where it was Sergeant Kirk. Oh, the, oh. yeah. The guy who I thought was on her side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy I mean, I never saw it coming. Stop Purdy from shooting be, be, Beaker? Yeah. Beaker. Yeah. Beaker. Beaker. Yeah. Yeah, he was the guy kind of said, why are we doing this? And yeah, this, yeah, and he yeah. turns out he was the dirtiest out of all he was, of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the dirty one. And uh, that one surprised me. That one caught me off guard. Did not see it coming. But I liked how Cleopatra just stayed cool. Even though fucking Tiffany was losing her shit all over the place. She had, uh, in the, tra- the grand tradition of Super Spy, she had a great, like, 75 Corvette that had a clamshell uh, roof. She had yeah. guns stashed in the uh, the door card. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Uh, pretty good car chase in this, too. I thought uh, so, too. Uh, with uh, them riding through the, uh, what is that called? The um, uh, San something. Los Angeles River... Yeah. The one where everyone races through. You know what? I, I could not Terminator help it. T2. T2 goes through that. Uh, yeah. About Greece. Yes. Go yeah. Greece, lightning. Running up the quarter mile. I like the way she was driving through the water, shooting at the guy trying to shoot her. So I, I kept like, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's fucking that genius. fucking cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh... And uh, one cannot speak of this movie without... Bring me back to my childhood and the days of Soul Train with the Don cameo Cornelius. by Don Cornelius, man. Playing Holy himself. cow. Was, Playing was, himself. I believed it. <laughs> he was believable <laughs> as Don Cornelius. Uh, how fucking great was that? It, the whole fucking film, man, was just great. Great? Uh-oh. That was a questioning great. Huh. I don't think... You know what? Maybe we've watched this, and this was. This was one of the earlier ones. This is an over the. This one was over the top. This one was sixties. I'm not saying it didn't have its faults. I did not love Cleopatra Jones. I did not love the character. And I thought she was uh, a striking woman. She just it was. She was a Mary. First of all, she was a Mary Sue. That was uh, yeah. I had that I mean, problem, and, and again, so was James Bond. The, the problem too is she was no Pam Greer, and that's another thing. I kept going, she, man. She, Pam Greer would have would have ratcheted this yeah, up yeah. An, an entire. Everyone been afraid of her. She well, didn't... you know what? The other thing, and I was thinking about this while it was going on, is the other part in Pam Greer. Every Pam Greer film, she gets her ass kicked. I mean, she she yeah. takes it on the chin. Yeah. 
a lot. The coming back from that. Yeah. And getting your revenge. And, yeah. yeah. At the end of the movie, she's cut up and beat up yeah. and wearing a bloody shirt. Yeah. And she's got the guns. Uh, there was never a point where I thought Cleopatra Jones was going to... Um, Anything was going to happen to Yeah. Her. No. No, this it was... She was James Bond. There, again, yeah. she was a super spy... You know, nothing, you know, nothing wrinkled her fabric or whatever. No. It was, you know, yeah. it was, uh, but it was, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it was a bad movie. This was enjoyable from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. What do you think, Dennis? You're being quiet. I, I, I really liked it. I, full disclosure, I, this is probably my second third black exploitation movie okay. i never really grew up with them when i was growing up it was more kaiju and kung fu movies that i would watch so i'm not as actually you're more f- actually your your thoughts on it are more fresh then because we've seen i i know no, I, I, no, so I, I'd, re- I'd like to hear what you thought as, no as i being a, you wouldn't no i'm no I, I i i liked it it was a fun little movie um it like I said before, it just it reminded me of like a, a like a more condensed like James Bond esque character. Yeah. I, I had fun with it. Good. The cast was good. Yeah, I love Bernie Casey. Him. Yeah. Yeah, like you, I didn't the cop at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw that coming. And uh, yeah, no, I just I, I really liked it. I don't have. I, I thought the fight with mommy, at the end was great. I was surprised when she killed her henchman. The British guy? Yeah. With the worst I, haircut in the history yeah. of haircuts. His yes. whole hair was... I, I mean, someone should give that guy a brush or a comb or something. Talk about bedhead throughout the whole Yes. Week. At the end, I half expected them to, to like just drop a bunch of shit on, on Mommy at the end since they had all... Like from the crane, I was half Bernie expecting Casey something was like that, that yeah. to happen. I'm like... Okay, no, that didn't happen, but that's... Yeah. Well, he could change the uh, crane head thingies pretty quick. Yeah, he's a man of many talents. <laughs> Hop in that thing and just use it out of the blue? Oh, yeah. Pick up those guns with magnets? <laughs> that was fucking great. They do that in cartoons, so it was great to see that. In, I was going to say, they, they, they did that in Super Friends at one time. Yeah, yeah, they do that in cartoons, and I've seen more than one cartoon where they do that. Uh, so it was fun to see that live action. So it reminded so me of the Matt Helm. I want to say Destroyers, where they had the guy with the cr- the metal head and they picked him up. Yeah, with that. With a, with a, <laughs> um, but I thought the fact that um, there was never a point where I really felt like Cleopatra was Jones danger. was in danger. Yeah, that hurt the film. Well, that and, and so we've been watching some fairly gritty exploitation yes. films. This was super light. Until the gang kills Doodlebug, Doodlebug yeah. which it, it, it is literally as gritty of a scene that it, that I have ever seen. I mean, it was it was just it was let's run these guys down with like gigantic you know semi tow trucks. Let's run which those turn into- on a dime. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they, could. they had great saying, turn radius yeah, on those things because they were coming back at him and like wait, yeah. that thing would take. And uh, and then oh, he survives, and then they just they they gun him down in the street, and it was like one of those like wow, like yeah. what is this doing in the middle of a you know? It gave you, him a great death scene. Yeah, and it and it 
the characters were almost caricatures. Yes. Yeah. All of them. That entire gang. That's the. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Which was one of the funniest things I had seen in a oh, long time. Oh, even when the when the pickle is singing along with uh, Tiffany, and he's like, "What's Who's saying the What's saying the marquee? <laughs> Whose name is that? Who's on named on the marquee? Um. It, yeah that that was a surprising. Uh, the films are always uncomfortable. Yes. There's always a level of uncomfortable no matter what. Yeah, because of the date when they were made. And yes. Some of the language, some of the treatment. Yeah. Uh, which was not at all uh, unheard of at that time. No. I don't know if she kept that pro. Damn, that was, also, that was she, impressive she had this, this, shit. She this cloth over her hair, and then next thing you see, she's walking around with like a globe on her uh, one of the characters I wanted to see more of and that they didn't and I, I felt kind of sad about was that little kid who guarded the... Oh, yeah. Uh, again. <laughs> played I, by Maxwell Goodwin, who only did three films. <laughs> like, like, I like his ass. Yeah. Who else is in? <laughs> it would have been... Uh, he would have been the one to keep like her, as yeah. her sidekick. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. he was great. Yeah. Watch out. You get in front of that fender. <laughs> A dollar. Yeah. The like dollar for all of them? Yeah. I like the magnesium <laughs> wheels. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was a great little film. It's a classic. Um, it had its issues. But yeah, yeah after they killed Doodlebug, I was not, I was not uh, expecting that uh, to be such a gruesome death. Yeah. All right, so what are we going to rate... Uh, the all-time classic Cleopatra Jones on the Meyer scale. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Like I said, I think it really hurt that uh, there was never a point where I was worried she yeah. was going to... Yeah, you thought after they killed Dude the Bug, it'd get more serious and get a bit more grittier and didn't with her. Cause no. She, yeah. Though the twist really threw me. I mean, they did. They handled that well. Yeah. Didn't see it coming either. Uh, I agree. Three and a half sounds about right. Oh, and then um, Officer Hill from Hill Street Blues was also in it. He was Tiffany's brother. Yes. Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tony. Jettis, what do you want to rate this uh, one? I'd say three stars. I'll go solid three. What do you got? He's calculating. You can see it. Yeah. Divide, I like... Two. Uh, if if you, you put this up against a James Bond movie, it's up there with some of my favorites. Though there were no yeah. gadgets. It, it, was no gadgets. Gadgets. it was it was it was gadgety for for the low hats. budget. <laughs> I mean, just just for her her her, just for her style alone. I'm gonna give this one four stars. I really kind of like you this know, one. I don't remember many films before this having martial arts in them either. Really, I mean, her martial arts are comparatively well. There were, and there was entry, but she was yeah, she was throwing kicks and and there was a uh, there was a fight coordinator on this when they they actually credited oh. him in the in the opening credits. I, so. I just don't remember seeing a lot of that before that. Maybe this, this is one of the that might be one, one of the first ones. One of the first, especially with a woman. Well known. Yeah, doing the introduction to the Johnson brothers was great. Yeah, yeah. when he comes flying at the camera, that was great. And their argument over uh, who had more money to go get yeah. a go, 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 go get a bite to eat was yeah. was fantastic. Oh my I need five dollars. I was fucking dying. I was dying. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> all right, so all time classic Cleopatra Jones. We like this one. Give it a watch. Let us know what you think. Spoiler alert.
All right, we've been following along with the latest Star Wars offering on the Disney app, and that is Ahsoka. And Dennis specifically told us he came back so he could review this episode in particular. So, Dennis, we're looking forward to your insight. And we are talking part five entitled The Shadow Warrior, in which... Uh, Ahsoka is in, uh, I believe it's called The World Between Worlds. Yes. And is confronted by the, what I would assume would be the Force Ghost of Anakin Skywalker. There seems to be some Is there I some think it's speculation I think it's as to whether Anakin. it's not, uh, okay, whether it's a Force Ghost or not. I don't think it's a Force Ghost. Me, personally, I think it's actually, it's actually Anakin. I took it as a near-death experience. So she for was, Ahsoka, yeah, because yeah. well, no, but the that's why Anakin. That's one. That, that took then, that's, how did you draw her in there? There's supposed to be portals. So there's one portal in the water where she happened to fall right into the portal. Are you it, kidding it's me? Weird. It falls right in the portal and then she's in the water um, later on. It it, it it makes no sense. Like I said, it seemed, I thought it took it as a near death experience, and so you know they say your life flashes before your eyes, and this was her greatest regret is, is leaving. Brady boy alone, and I, that's what I took. It was a combination of the two, though, actually. And she was looking back at different points in her life, so it was, it was like, and then... It did not work like the world between worlds worked in Rebels. There were many, many things about this episode that I was sorely disappointed with. That I really... I, I was upset when he smashed the Rainbow Bridge with this lightsaber. The Rainbow Bridge. I made that well, joke last it's, week. I know, it's one color, the Rainbow Bridge, but yeah, it's the blue part. I Therefore, it is not a rainbow. Okay, the blue blue ball bridge, whatever. Blue ball bridge. <laughs> well, like okay, so we have uh, at, uh, basically Ahsoka confronting her fears of what Balin Skull accused her of, is that you and your master's legacy is that of pain and death. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it seemingly her coming to grips with the fact that she's not she's she's not the apprentice of Vader. She's the apprentice. She's the Padawan of Anakin when Anakin still was good. At least that's the the take that I. But he's always on the but, edge because the lightsaber turned red every now. You know. So here I thought that the and I just get to, to get this out of the way the way that they interplayed between Vader and Anakin, like in, you know, like the way that they, they um, kind of superimposed Vader over Anakin in certain mm -hmm. parts, I thought was fucking That brilliant. was great. I thought it was cool. I also thought it was cool when the lightsaber was near, uh, the red lightsaber was near uh, Ahsoka's eyes, they turned yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she was dark side. Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I noticed that last night. So, there were many things about this episode that I liked quite a bit. Okay. Um, and some of those things we've talked about. The, the flashing Vader was fucking awesome. Uh -huh. Some that, of the best stuff they've done in this. Yes. And it was just perfect. Yes. Um, the cameo by Rex was not lost on me. No. That was great. Mm -hmm. um, that was great. <clears throat> I keep saying, and everybody keeps going... But I thought that they should have overdubbed uh, Ashley Eckstein. I was gonna ask now. Did <laughs> I? So I take it she the the, the gal the, the gal portraying the young Ahsoka was not 
like a, an aged down Ashley Eckstein, or it wasn't her voice or anything like that. No, no, no that, that was the actress's voice. Like you said, she was in. She was Gamora. She, she was, was young Gamora. Yeah. Oh, okay. When yeah. Thanos came and killed her world. Yeah. Uh, no, she's a she's a very competent actress. I didn't have I a problem with that. Really I just good. thought it would be great to hear Ashley Eckstein. Sorry, uh, that's one of the major things that I associate with uh, Ahsoka, and everybody goes, "Well, it's live action." Shut the fuck up. I don't care. I don't care. They make everybody. All the clones sound the same. It's live action. All the clones sound the same. Uh, I think I'm helmets on. The other thing, and they paid a great attention to detail. I mean, you'll notice that uh, in the, the Ryloth, which is the first, um, which oddly enough we're talking about uh, in our, in our um, Clone, Wars. Clone Wars reviews, um, they, they had the armor on that Ryloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anakin had the short hair. Um, they go to Mandalore for the Siege of Mandalore. They have the Ahsoka helmets, which was great. They have the, the uh, Maldalorians, which was great. Um, the details and the things that they put in were phenomenal. I just don't understand how after how many hundred some odd episodes of seeing Ahsoka fight... That they can't, the one detail they can't get is that young Ahsoka and old Ahsoka don't fight Ahsoka's style. How about you have her fight the fucking style? And before anybody goes, well, that's hard to do. It's so No, it wasn't hard for that chick to do in the, the motion capture at the end of Clone Wars, which is one of the top, I mean, if it's got to be in the top three, four uh, lightsaber duels that in, in all of Star Wars. Uh, that is amazing. Uh, not once did they fight Nasokas. Not one time did she fucking turn those lightsabers around, which is the only way Ahsoka fought. <laughs> so how about you do that? How about you you pay attention to that detail? Uh, if you watch the the, I'm I'm getting a little a little tired. I guess a little bored. Ahsoka, Rosario Dawson's um, portrayal of her is really flat. Yeah. There's not much to it. And the one thing you could say about Ahsoka, watching her in both the Clone Wars and Rebels, is that she's very emotional. All right. And I think that, sorry. No, I go think ahead, go that's ahead. what this episode was about. Is she was letting go of her guilt and her grief in all of that that she had with Anakin and the clones and realizing she's because she was brought up during the Clone War so all she was known to be for lack of a better term was a weapon and this was her realizing with Anakin and Vader real making her realize that she's more than just a weapon or with the, the Anakin's influence made her a weapon well, it was the influence of the war. Well, so, also, Anakin was so, very... Yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about that elephant in the room. I love that. So that's what this is about. Um, right, which is that this now is like the fifth different interpretation that I've heard about what was going on in that episode. Uh, everybody has a slightly, and they all come back to dealing with the guilt with Anakin and blah, 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 which I didn't see at all in the episode, by the way, um, is that the motivations behind it were so muddied that 
nobody really knows. I mean, everybody has a different interpretation about what it was that she was doing there because it was so piss poorly explained by Filoni. He so dropped the ball on this. There's uh, another series on uh, Amazon called The Wheel of Time, which is not very good. It's not very good. But there's something about it like a Taylor Swift song that makes you keep watching. You know what I mean? It's there's something there's it's you like could have not made me not want to watch this anymore by equating this to Taylor Swift. Oh, Please continue. You could have said Garth Brooks. That made it. Even less. I at least no, no. I, you know what? I at least know one Garth okay. Brooks song. You could uh, no Taylor Hank Swift. Seen you. She writes. Uh, she writes. Uh, she writes one song a hundred different ways. Um, about her breakups. Yeah, about her breaks up. And somebody said, you know, somebody should have said after the fifth album of You Fucked Me Over that maybe it's not them, Taylor. Maybe you should write, uh, I'm just a bitch. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm waiting for that song. Uh, this Wheel of Time, they have the same kind of trial. You go through what they call the arches, and you have to go through them three times. And it's... Uh, was done so much better than this. And I was like, okay, a, 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 a poorly written TV show did this exact thing so much better than Dave Filoni just did with Ahsoka. How the, how do you fuck this up? I don't even understand. You've written her, uh, I don't even know how many times. You know her better than anybody else. And this is what you're giving us? This, this flat interpretation, which I'm not blaming Rosario Dawson for. She's going with what she's been given. Um, but then it's, it's this muddied... Everybody has a different interpretation of what the trial was. Because you start a... Do you want to live or die? Uh, See, again, I thought took that as a near-death experience. She was drowning... She was in the water, and that was the beginning. That was her first thought. You know what? If Do I, I want to live or die, you, if I hold you underwater to the point of unconsciousness, and then I go, Keith, do you want to live or die? No, you're not gonna. You're not gonna suddenly go. I want to live. No, no you're but, just gonna but drown. In her mind. Uh, that's what the thought process is. I mean, that's it. Was, but but again, it's another interpretation of what should be clear. We should have all walked away from this episode well, with our minds blown the, going, this is what it was. The problem is that so many people have different experiences in Star Wars, what they've seen, what they haven't seen. So me, not having seen any Rebels, not having seen the worlds between and all the other weird shit, this is my, that was my interpretation. Right, but we, we shouldn't be talking interpretations. We should be talking clearly, this is what she went through. Now, if you're designing a series that cuts out three-quarters of your, your, your viewing audience because they haven't seen Rebels, uh, it's a small percentage that actually have seen Rebels or Clone Wars all the way through to, to have this idea. Um, I, I just find it idiotic that you would write an episode that everybody has a different... This isn't a fucking song. You know what I mean? This is not what. Bye bye, Miss American Pie. What is he talking about, really? Who is the jester in the coat he borrowed from James Dean? Who is that? Because I think it's Bob Dylan. I'm pretty sure it's Bob Dylan, but other people can say it's James Dean. 
Why? Well, he borrowed the code from James Dean, so it really couldn't be. Oh, no, don't give me something I've got to fucking interpret. I don't want the lady or the tiger. What I want is the journey. Give me why she walks away from this being white Ahsoka. Or Ahsoka okay, the White. It, it's Ahsoka totally the White. That's okay. I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I was leading. <laughs> okay. That's the only cloak they had on the ship. So she wore the white cloak. No, she's Ahsoka the White now. Okay, how would... Okay, this is not fucking Gandalf. Yes, it's exactly Gandalf. Yes, yes it, is. it is. But how... I mean... Oh, now Keith's involved. No. Oh, the whole thing made sense until right, she changed well, her that, clothes. So, <laughs> in, in my interpretation do you, do you, of what happened... Do you get one of those when you come out of the, the little portal? You, get you a white Star cloak? Wars experts can correct me if I'm wrong. She overcame her... Her greatest regret, greatest her greatest fear. Grief, her grief, or something like that. The last, the last portion of the dark side, if you will, that existed in her. She has now embraced the ways of the Jedi. She is now. She went through her last trial. She went through mm -hmm. her last trial. She is now Ahsoka the White. She was smiling. Yes. First time we we pretty much see her smile the the entire thing. She has a completely different demeanor. And she's basically like, well, I have no idea if this is, you know, the Hansel will never tell me the odds. I have no idea if this is going to work, but at least we're going to give it the old college try. And she used her Force powers to commune with the Purgle, which I, I would imagine was the same thing that uh, Ezra, Ezra Bridger did. did. Mm -hmm. And, um... Though I think Ezra is better at it. Yeah, like, like I think Ezra would be like, hey, take us here. She's just like, hey... Can we catch a ride? Is basically what it boiled down to. And I just wanted to point out that I was right that the Purgle being here had something to do with where they were going with Thrawn, so I I interpreted it that right. We knew that from the start. Yeah, man. they were going to hire go. The Purgle was the only thing to take them there. But the, we all. The, but the, I. I was speculating that the ISI had something to do with the Purgle, but nonetheless, now, I talking actually about the other things around the episode. Uh, Hu, Hu Yang, uh, with the, with the, I told them not to, mm -hmm. uh, that was sad. That was fucking heartbreaking. I told heartbreaking. them, heartbreaking. I told them to stay together. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. Oh, uh, him with Jason. Uh, you know how to use a lightsaber? Yes. Will you teach me? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, so obviously the tape, David Tennant parts are just fucking, those were Well, I mean, parts. and again, I Completely, I will, will again reestablish my disappointment in that you're using the great David Tennant in the role of a voiceover role as a droid, but what they're giving him is fucking gold. The best mm -hmm. fucking droid yeah. in Star Wars. No. K2SO. I don't know, it's close. K2SO. Um, yeah, he has completely. No, he's won me. Yeah. He's pretty much won me over. Yeah, he's. he's I'm, I'm with, you know, he's the best droid in Star Wars. He's been fucking great. Yeah. He has been fucking great. And I like the scene where Jason says, I can hear the lightsabers. And everything quiets down and then Hera mm -hmm. hears them. Just enough to know, okay, they're out there. That's the only thing that kind of confused me is Hera being in touch with the Force for a second. You're, but it's... We were talking about that. Uh, my boss is a big Star Wars fan. Uh, huge. And we were talking about that. He didn't like that either. And I said, you know what? I think that it, it lends itself to everybody's a part of the force. And that's what someone yeah. at the shop was saying at the same that's time. Like, she oh, had to quiet said, down. Is, yeah. It the, wasn't, when you go by the original Ben Kenobi explanation of the force, it unites it's all. It's in everybody. Yes. Yeah. So, and know, she was standing right next to yeah. Jason. 
Yeah. Who who probably shared probably it. leaks force out of, and we don't want to talk about leaking force on your mother, but uh, I think that you can throw it out really? there. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what? What I uh, <laughs> I like the tie back to Jedi, Return of the Jedi. When Ahsoka's like, I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. He's like, I've heard that before. Uh, and that she also was... said that in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there was a precedent. I I loved uh, Hayden Christensen. Oh, I yeah. I thought. Yes. If you want to talk yeah. about, we talked about um, in Obi-Wan how the, the gent who voiced... Uh, Jar Jar was given his. Give, they made him a Jedi and gave him essentially redemption in the eyes yes. of fans. Yeah, Anakin in both Obi Wan and and Hayden Christensen in both Obi Wan and in this has completely. Um, he's, I think he's redeemed himself in the eye. At least in, in my Star Wars fandom, he's redeemed himself because he's making up for your skin is so soft and not dry and sandy like this desert planet. You know, it's well, like that's because yeah. George Lucas. That's is George Lucas. <laughs> Where, like, when you have some, like, uh, Ewan McGregor, he's just like, I'm not going to fucking listen to you. Yeah. I, I'm going to act. That's why he's the only one that really acts in those movies. Well, and I think the other part of it is also, um, George Lucas could give a shit about actors. Oh, yeah. Really, he just wants to do special effects and have fun with it and play with the film. Mm-hmm. Just give me something to play with. Uh, that's all I want from you. Uh, but it is really hard to, to kind of act and emote when you're sitting in a green room. Well, no, that's what everybody right. said. <laughs> and also, I think it was yeah. even Roger Dreamer said, "This is these are people acting in in a school play because yeah. the backdrop is painted, and you're not you don't even have the luxury of seeing what that painting yeah, is. Yeah, you don't know what it is. You don't know what you're what you're reacting around. No, uh, Lord of the Rings. That's what they were talking about. That when they built the sets and let them sit for a year and a half, that uh, you're you're in a, you're in yeah, that you're immersed. In space, yeah, yeah, you're immersed in it. Um, and, and Hayden Christensen, everybody went, you know, if he could have done what he did in Clone Wars, we'd all love him. And this is what they're allowing him to do. Uh-huh. They're giving him those lines. The de-aging still looks a little funky to me. It looks like a video game. It, it, it was. It looked It looked because, better than it, Luke, but it still... It looked good because they were, when they were in the... It was all like, if you were interpreting this as a dream sequence or out-of-body experience or yeah. near-death experience. weird lighting, too. And it had odd lighting, even in the battle scenes with the clones, troopers, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It, it, it blunted it, if yeah. you will. Yeah. It, it, but it, you notice around the mouth especially, it just looks... Mike, it's the micro... I've, I've heard this said. It's micro the micro-expressions expression. yeah. that, that mm, don't come across with us. Yeah. So that was, you know... It never took me out with him. No, I actually I thought, it was, I thought it was it pretty well done. It took me out a little bit. Okay. And I could see that. Because um, it does with Luke. Yeah. Oh, huge. The Luke oh, yeah. was yeah. huge. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't did. as bad as uh, Leia. Leia, yeah, well, no, Leia one. and... Rogue One, it was horrible. Rogue One, oh, that Rogue was one such was, an early yeah, was, an early iteration yeah, of this no, technology. It was, it was like I mean, so that was like yeah. seven yeah. years ago, and they've, you know, even in seven years, they've gotten light years better at this. Yeah, but then you go back to, what, uh... Late '90s, and you got fucking Golem, so they could do it. But again, it's easier to do with a. a, a that's the one thing that I think with digital effects is it's easier to do it with a a, I, I, a a fantastic creature than a, a person. I mean, Lord of the Rings is the, some of the best digitals. I mean, that stuff still holds up. But when when 
Legolas climbs up the side of the elephant or whatever. That's that that was worse than some video games yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it, it was, was terrible. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. But the de the de-aged uh, Elrond somewhat in the beginning of the movie to where he was later on, and he looked fine. When I think that was that was a combination of good makeup and could be. I like you said. So I, I it's it's so this is twenty. I mean, twenty some years later, it, it, they should have this shit down. The deep fake. You see some of that stuff and it looks. Fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, I you know what they'll blame it on, and I've heard this because I, you know, I I I, I thought that the the sequences the mist was a little bit of a cop out. I loved how they used it. The I loved. Yeah. 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 I loved how they uh, with the flashes of light they yeah. brought in a lot that made it interesting, um, but still, that's a cop out, yeah. and everybody's like, well, the budget and they're. Then you plan it's for it. Fucking that. Disney. You plan for it. How do you how do you don't don't tell me that you're just gonna cheap it out. So yeah. uh if if the it's reason like that the Jim the, Lee drawing feet. <laughs> you uh, smoked. Yeah. Uh don't tell me that, that you need to um cheapen it up because you don't have the money. Then do something else. Uh the shark didn't work. And Steven Spielberg came up with the greatest film of all time. Well, almost the greatest. The greatest film of movie all of all time, not the greatest film of all time. Oh, okay, Quint. Whatever you say. Ooh. Quoting uh, Quentin Tarantino. No, I, I, I think that uh, it makes me want to see Hayden Christensen more. I, in I, that agree. Role. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Definitely. Completely. Well, even after that, he was in some movies after Star Wars, which he was great in. Looper. My Life as a House, or something like that, with Kevin Klein. He plays a son. Rebellious Son. He's great in that. Oh, see, I didn't and, watch him because he was shit in Star Wars. He was shit in Star Wars, but that's because Lucas, your buddy Lucas. Uh, yeah, but and George doesn't care about actors. Um, he'll tell you that. He'll be the first one. All right. Uh, so, Dennis, this being the one that you wanted to speak on, what else can you what else can you add to the conversation? Sell me on it. Come on. No, I I, I honestly think I said just in the beginning where that that's what. The, the point of her was letting go of her guilt. That's well, yeah, they sort but of leaned heavily was, into that the episode before with him, you know. And uh, we had it, just seen the one where uh, Ahsoka is the in Clone Wars, where she leads the command, mm-hmm. the, the command for the first time, yeah, and she and loses. They did a better job in that episode of Clone Wars than they did in this of Anakin. But also at the end of this, we get. A glimmer, because we we're not a glimmer. We get more of the old Ahsoka, because she's kind of got her thing back. I'm hoping. I think I, I, I'm I think hopeful. she's got a white cloak. She's got to be better. Where did it come from? It's not because you, you you did something. Also, in a white cloak. She purified the cloak. She did. She washed. She, she washed purified it. She washed it. She purified. She, the she did laundry. She she was in she was in well, salt water. So Hugh salt, Yang was had to do something while they were gone. The salt made it white because the salt in the salt water made it white. <laughs> she that's what it was. She's clean. She wasn't on a dusty planet this time. I I, I think that the fact that there's so many interpretations of it. And do purples often I mean, come down near a planet? I don't, nobody knows what Burgles do. I know, yeah, but they, they're like, <laughs> no, yeah, because they got to be in they got to be in some sort of air because she's breathing it. She's up on a ship breathing it, which they're pretty high up. It'd be pretty like hard to breathe. Well, you don't know. It may not have the same. Yeah. 
Aren't those uh, aren't there those fish that can and pergles? Don't they need that yeah, fish green that can gas? breathe in water and on fish. Yeah, but they need yeah. that green gas or whatever it is. Or they, else they turn gray or some what, weird shit. fish? No, the the pergol. They need some, what is it? Something thirty four. I don't even remember the number because I'm a numbers guy. There's some sort of gas that pergles need. Oh, okay. It was in one of your. Okay. No, okay. I'm excited to find out what yeah. pergol gas they need. <laughs> No, I, I did. Unleaded. I, I, I unleaded. Did. <laughs> unleaded. But purple gas they need. Uh, I don't know that they don't uh, go into atmospheres like a, a whale would go with a blowhole. You know, that they have to breathe in an atmosphere and then suck it in and then they can jump into hyperspace. Or they're using it for food or whatever. Yeah, I, they, okay. uh, I actually have less of a problem with what purgles do than what Ahsoka did in the world between worlds. Like I said, I, I can buy I, into the purgles. I interpret it totally as her about to die and so she was seeing her regrets or eyes. That's what I saw this. Okay. Not knowing anything about the world between or Alright, well, that being said, with this episode being the longest to date, directed by the great Dave Filoni, there were some weaknesses to it. Are we looking forward to seeing what happens here? Absolutely. Yes. Completely. Maybe. Any speculations of what you think might happen? Uh, I Thrones think... going to be in the last episode, and that's all. You know what? I, I, I'm wondering... Um, I am wondering what they're going to do with Sabine. I don't think she's going to go dark side. I don't think she has the force. I think that she's a pouty little kid that they've made her pretty unlikable. I think that... In, allow me... Uh, I think that uh, Ahsoka's going to realize that Sabine is not cut out to be a Jedi. However... She's got Jason. And that's going to be... This is going to end with her taking on Jason as a Padawan. Oh. I could see that. Okay. But yeah, I, I don't think Sabine's a Force user. Cause I the, still want to know why Jason's I, not green at all. Oh, he's got green hair. His hair, old. She's like a fucking thing coming out of Maybe her that's how their genetic code works, you goof. Yeah, he's got a couple... Uh, he's got the XY, buddy. <laughs> got the xy <laughs> just saying it's like what the i because i wouldn't have known that she was his son until he said mom i'm like oh okay that's weird he's got green hair i guess i guess that's close enough could just be a punk or guy with putting green in his hair could be i i don't know i, I, I didn't know there was uh canaan and her son what i'm right? thinking what i want to know is what has ezra been doing this entire time like is he chained up in the in the the brig of the star, of, of Thrawn years. star destroyer or like Don't what's know. going on? Mm-hmm. We'll they, find out. They all starved to death. It's been ten years. Unless they eat a pergol, they're dead. And with Keith throwing shade on the whole situation, that uh, we're still looking forward to this. I want to see what they go, where they go with the Night Sisters. He's brought them up. I know he wants to bring them back. They were the coolest there's shit no, in Clone Wars. No I don't think they're going to do now. anything there's unless they have a series plan out for it. I think they were just thrown in there to to show that they're still kind of around. But I mean, I would love best. to see a series for the Night Sisters. Poison thirty six to breathe. They need what? They need need oh. poison thirty six to breathe. Oh, okay. So whatever, it's some sort of green gas. I bet it's Obviously, they're going to hook the, the, the <laughs> giant the ring up to the start of the yes. story and come back. The That's more, what they the do. more I'm yeah. watching this, the more I think this is just going to be a way to get Thrawn into this timeline and universe, and then they can do the big movie, which is going to be Heir to the Empire. 
Yeah. That'd be awesome, but no Mark Jade, so it won't be totally awesome. I watched a really funny little clip with um, George Lucas, and he was in a room, writer's room, with Seth Green. Okay. And uh, and one of the guys brought up, well, when you created Mara Jade, <laughs> Lucas gets, get out, get out, <laughs> throws things at him and hits the guy. It was funny. It was funny. It was, uh, I mean, you could tell it was a total setup. He has a room where you push the, and the door's open. <laughs> But it was funny. Yeah, he brought up. So when you created Mara Jade, I did not create Mara Jade. You throw something at him. It was that's, that's why she doesn't count. But right. uh, I would like to see Mara Jade. I don't think we're going to. Karen Gilliam is her. Or Gilliam, whatever her name oh, is. Oh, she could. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to. But you know what? I don't know that we need another whiny bitch in the series yet. She, she wasn't whiny. She was the... whiny all through Heir to the Empire. No, she she was whiny. No, she was. Oh, my God, she was whiny. Did you she read was. the book? Yes, I, all three of them. Okay. I didn't remember her being whiny. Yeah, she was whiny. Because all she wanted to do was kill Luke. Well, that, yeah. that is the Star Wars... I just Wars, wanted to kill Luke. That is the Star Wars way. Yeah, I'm but you have an older Anna person with a Luke. younger person who whines all the time. That's every, every she fucking wasn't that much younger than Luke, though. And we've got Sabine going Star on War, right now. Luke was a whiny one in Star Wars. Grogu whines. The, I, Leia whined in... Grogu doesn't talk. How does he whine? <laughs> I want food. I want food. <laughs> Keith is so in tune with Grogu. He just hears Grogu whine. I do. He just whines. He, That's all. <laughs> That's how much he hates Grogu. I, He's just I so do. empathetic towards him. All right. We're coming up on a half an hour. We're looking towards forwards to the end of this. At least all of us non-haters are. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. He's talking to me. I'm talking to Keith. Oh. So stick with us on this one. 